In this episode, I am so excited. I know I say that a lot, but I am really excited to bring you Mel D from Meld Business Services. Now, she is a content strategist that empowers women to grow their business with purposeful content that connects and nurtures. Oh my goodness, this is such an impactful episode. I have loved every bit of it. I've got so many notes. I smiled the whole way through it. And it is really, really good about how we can, you know, break down our content. The word content strategy doesn't have to be so scary or overwhelming and how we can really connect with our audience. This is such a great episode and I encourage you to listen all the way to the end and make sure you go and connect with Mel D over at Instagram and on Facebook and I have all the links in the show notes. But let's get into this episode. I'm not wasting any time here. It is a great episode. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. Well, hello, Mel. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Now, we have connected over Instagram, but there is so much I want to share with people because you are a content genius and really help women overcome that overwhelm, which is definitely something I'm super passionate about um, and teaching people how to get into their content strategy. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Liz. It's such an honor to be here and thank you for having me. Oh, it's great. Now we're going to dive straight into it. But before we do, I would love to know um, a bit more about you, where you are in this beautiful Australia, um, you know, about your family and please tell me how your business is structured. Awesome. Okay. So I live in Sydney in Australia and I have two beautiful teenagers and one crazy dingo dog who is two years old. She's absolutely crazy, but we love her to bits. Um, She's a new addition to our family and we're really coming to terms with having a dog because we never had a dog before. Um, And I'm a content strategist and coach and I really empower women to use content in a really purposeful and strategic way. And that's kind of bolded and underlined purposeful way so that they can grow their business and really connect, nurture and convert their ideal client as well. So, I do that through one-on-one work with um, clients as well as a membership. Oh, that's awesome. So, how long have you been doing this and what's what's kind of the background to getting into this? Because it's such a powerful thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I call myself a bit of an accidental entrepreneur, actually. I never, I never had any desire to own my own business. I never had any role models in my life who owned businesses. I just thought that earning money was about having a, an amazing corporate career, climbing the corporate ladder and, um, you know, buying the perfect house and the, and the perfect car kind of thing. But 
Um, I actually started my business about six years ago and I actually started as a virtual assistant. So, um, that came about because I was working for a friend who is a lawyer and it's just her, just by herself. And she was going through a really, really busy period. So, she needed someone to really kind of just come in and support her with all of the um, administrative work that she was doing. And I just put my hand up because it was kind of like that time in my life where I was ready to take the step away from being a full-time mum and do, starting to do something for myself. So, I went and worked for her for a while and it really made me realise how many women out there who were solopreneurs needed help and needed that, you know, um, backup, if you like, or someone that they could actually rely on to do some work for them and get them through that busy period. So, you know, sometimes we're really busy and sometimes we have no work at all, but, you know, to really help them with those ebbs and flows. So, that's how I started my business um, as a virtual assistant. And then as I, you know, um, served more and more clients, I realized how much um, women were using content in a very ad hoc way. So, you know, they were like, okay, can you write me an email? Can you send out this email? Yes, I can. Can you do these social media posts? Yes, I can. But there was no kind of structure around that. There was no strategy. There was no purpose and there was no meaning. So, it was kind of like really um, using content piecemeal in their, in their lives. So, that's when I thought, well, I'm going to use my strengths from my corporate career and really hone in and focus um, on content and creating content for women in a purposeful and meaningful way. What a great journey. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Of course, I am the queen of pivoting. So that how you pivoted from doing VA work to then, you know, finding that little niche that people are struggling with and really honing in on that. Can you explain to me, this is something that comes up all the time, especially with my coaching clients. Strategy is such a big word for people. They kind of go, oh, what does that mean? It sounds really hard. Let's talk through, because I know that you're a guru in this area. So what does it mean to people? Like, how do you differentiate to, to people a business strategy, a marketing strategy, and a content strategy? Like, I know that they all piece together, but if someone came to you and said, how are these different or how do I, what do I need to do? Where's, how do you, you know, explain that to people? I'd love to know your I've- thoughts. Yeah, that is such a great question because you are so correct that the word strategy can feel so overwhelming to people. They just think of this, you know, massive 100-page document that they're going to have to put together and the hours of research that's going to go in it. And then, you know, perhaps it'll just get printed out and put in the bottom drawer and they'll never look at it again. So, I think having a strategy is really important in the first place, whether it's your business strategy, your marketing strategy, your content strategy, your financial strategy, whatever it is. I think it's really important to have that framework around what you're doing to give you focus. Okay. So, once you have that focus, then that's when the purpose comes through. And when the purpose comes through, then it's so much easier to do the things that you're doing. So, the difference between all of those different strategies is kind of like how niche and how focused we are on the thing. So, obviously, we start with our business strategy, it comes down to our marketing strategy, but then it's how are we actually using content within that to achieve um, our overall objectives. So, that's kind of how I think of it. It's like, framework that we put around the content that we're creating. So, it really gives us some purpose and we feel less chaotic about what we're creating. Um, And we probably are creating for a purpose, like a reason. So, we're not just 
And I know this happens so often. Uh, we sit down on the couch at, you know, 8 p.m. at night because we've had a really long, hard day and we, you know, put our feet up with a cuppa and we want to watch Netflix. But then we realize, we remember we didn't actually post on Instagram. So we're madly scrolling through our phones trying to find that photo to actually put on um, Instagram. So it kind of takes away all of that. It kind of takes away the chaos and puts you back into the purpose and the um, focus and the organizational side of things. Oh, fantastic. I love that explanation. Thank you. So, where do we start then? Like this Mm. is, um, you know, overwhelmed people like content. Well, what, firstly, what is content? What do you describe as content? I guess that's a great place to start. Yeah. Okay. So, let's start with that. So, content from my perspective is any digital um, media medium that we put out into the world. So, really that encompasses things like your uh, core content, which is your blogs, your podcasts, or your videos, and your social media and your email marketing. So, obviously, when you say the word content, though, it can actually encompass a whole range of different things. So, obviously, your website, um, any printed material you have as well. But I really focus in on those things that you um, do digitally. So, that's the, the core content, the social media and the email marketing. So, that's kind of where I would start with the definition of content. In terms of where you start with your strategy, I really like to think of it as um, like a recipe. So, in a recipe, we have all of the ingredients and we have the method of how we can actually um, create our thing, our um, meal at the end of it, which is our objective. But as we're going through the recipe, we might say, oh, my goodness, I don't have that ingredient or "Mm, I feel like that's a little bit too much salt that I might, I don't want to put that much salt in it. And that's okay. So, you still have that framework of the recipe, but you can tweak it and change it as you go along depending on how you're feeling, depending on what's happening, um, depending on the things that you have available to you, all of those things can change at any time. So, it gives you structure, but it also gives you the flexibility as well. So, that's kind of how I like to think of a strategy. And I think that if you think of it that way, then it becomes far less daunting as well. So, it's just kind of this little framework that we have, a bit of a methodology that we can follow that guides us when we uh, create our content. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, I guess, how do people just start? You know, it's not like just throw the salt at the wall and hope that it falls into the pot. (laughs) How do you um, even, you know, they get their head around this and they, they decide, so do we look at the ideal customer? Do we look at the end result? Like, where do you even get started with creating content that is going to resonate with your, you know, ultimately we want people to buy from us. So, how does that, how does that look or what's the kind of framework that you would work through? Yeah. So, with a strategy itself, I really look at six main things and that is around, first of all, what are your objectives? So, what are you actually trying to achieve with your content? Um, And once again, that will give you a focus as well. Um, The next thing is around an audit for your content. So, what's actually working well and what's not working well? Um, Where do your strengths lie? What are the opportunities maybe um, you have in terms of other platforms you could play on um, and, you know, really honing in on what lights you up, which I think is really important in the audit side of things. Um, The next is the ideal client and making sure that you really understand them and um, taking a deep dive into exactly who they are. The next part of a content strategy is around the client journey and mapping the client journey. We might talk a little bit more about the client journey in, in a minute. 
But then we move on to like the opportunities. So out of the research that you've done in terms of your ideal client and your audit and your client journey, what are the things that come out of that? And how can you change um, what you're doing in relation to the time, energy and resources that you have available to you. And then the last part of the strategy is actually tracking. So, making sure that whatever your objective is, that you're actually measuring that along the way. So, you have the opportunity to actually tweak and change things as you need to. That's great. And so, in that concept, like it just touched on something there. When you're talking about content, and I guess we talk about, you know, um, marketing platforms and social media platforms and everything. Does that relate to, um, you know, what platform will work for what content, you know? Is that important to make sure that they marry up correctly? And, you know, should your messaging be different across different platforms? Mm, Very, very good question. (laughs) I would say not necessarily because we're speaking to the same client. We're speaking to the same person, so our message should always be the same. How it comes across or how we actually deliver it, yes, will definitely be different on the different platforms. So, how we approach it will be different. So, for example, um, Instagram will be very different from Facebook um, and which will be very different from LinkedIn as well, which will also then be very different from how you talk to people in your email marketing as well. So, I think that it probably changes um, across the platforms Kind of, but we're speaking. We're speaking to the same ideal client, so our message should actually be um, very similar across all of them. Yeah, great answer. So it's about you know just getting really clear on who your customer is and how you talk to them, but then also tweaking it to make sure it fits the platform correctly. Yeah, that. yeah, and that, I think that that can also be a really difficult thing sometimes, Liz. As well, um, people you know, download ideal client avatars and they go through them and, you know, they answer all the questions and tick all the boxes. But then what does that actually mean? Like, what does that really mean to them? And I really encourage people who are struggling with that, who, you know, are doing the avatar templates and are ticking the boxes, but still don't feel that, you know, connection, that drawing feeling towards um, their ideal client to stop and think about it from a different perspective. So, instead of ticking the boxes, I want you to think about um, meeting them at a social gathering or a party because that really changes your perspective. So, what is it about if you turned up to a a party and you didn't know anyone, what makes you walk away from that party and think, oh, my goodness, yes, Liz was such the most amazing person. I really loved her. I would love to get together again with her sometime. She's just just the best. Like, what, what is that? What is that that makes you feel like that? And it's the connection that you have and the similarity that you have in values and beliefs as well. Oh, that's the best answer. You know, we can get so overwhelmed with all these ideal client things, but I just love that approach. And even with my one-on-one clients, I will say to them, they'll say, oh, you know, they'll ring me or message and say, oh, what about this? Should I do this? Or how can I do this? And I'm like, well, what does your person, what would your person like? You know, um, is this going to overwhelm your person that you're trying to help? Is it going to make them feel uncomfortable? Are you actually talking to them? And I love the concept that you've just explained about 
meeting them at a party. Like, what would you say to them? I was actually listening to something the other day about how you wouldn't just arrive at a party and go around saying, hi, I have a course for sale. Hi, I have a course for sale. And how it's really important to get to know that person. And, you know, if eventually they ask you what you offer, that's when you sell, you tell them that you're not going to go up to someone and say straight away, hi, my name's Liz. I have a course for sale. <laughs> Do you want to buy it? And I think a lot of people miss that when, they, when they're starting out or they're trying to really hone in on their messaging. So, I, I just love that example. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. So, do you have any like really helpful tips that, you know, three steps or five steps that people can just, like we talked about the framework, but really just if they're sitting there at the moment and they're feeling overwhelmed, confused, and we talked about, you know, that um, messaging to the person, but what, what are some tips or tricks that you can give um, listeners right now today to kind of help them with that overwhelming feeling? Okay, awesome. So, first of all, I want to acknowledge the fact that overwhelm is a very real thing. It's a yes. real thing in business and it's a real thing, especially with your content as well. So, I just want to acknowledge that. So, if there's anyone who's listening who is feeling that way at the moment, it's okay. Um, it happens, but there are ways to get yourself out of that. So, first of all, around that, um, I think that sometimes we can get really caught up in the importance of, of content. We know how important it is for our business to connect with our ideal client, to grow our business, to take them on the journey with us. But sometimes it can make us feel like crap. It can really make us feel like crap. So, if we're creating things for the sake of creating things, if we're doing things because we feel like we should be doing those things, um, perhaps we're not getting any likes or feedback on our social media posts, it can make us feel really, really crap. Um, so, I really encourage people to acknowledge that, first of all, and it's okay. It's okay to feel crap, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there are ways that we can actually try and get out of it. Um, we do have a choice when it comes to um, content overwhelm in particular. Um, so, you know, some of the stories that you probably would tell yourself is, you know, I have to do this. I really should be doing this. I've got no time to do this. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't feel like I can do this. Taking those kind of stories and just taking a deep breath and trying to flip them a little bit. And I'm going to give you some more tips in a minute, but just um, this is kind of like the first step. So, to kind of flip those stories and come, come at it from a different perspective. So, um, I get to change someone's life with my content. I get to make an impact on someone's life and the world. I've got plenty to do, but I choose my focus with my content. Um, I can ask for help and I can be kind to myself on the way. I think that by saying those things first up, um, acknowledging the content overwhelm and saying those things, then it's going to really help you get in the right mind um, space to actually implement some tips. So, that's the first thing that I really wanted to say, um, that it's a real thing and that you can um, get over it. So, when you're actually looking at overcoming your content overwhelm, there's a few things that I also want you to take into consideration. The first is that we're all different. I'm very different to you, Liz, and you're very different to the listeners out there and they're very different to the person next to them. So, we need to acknowledge that fact um, that we all create content differently. We all have different styles when it comes to creating content. The second thing is that um, we all have a finite amount of time, energy and resources. 
And I think that this is something that we need to um, really acknowledge and then accept because I always say this, that the 21-year-old me pre-kids is very, (laughs) very different to the person I am today, the 46-year-old mum of two teens and a crazy dingo puppy. So um, acknowledging that and knowing that we're in different stages of our life and um, that we just can choose what we invest our time, our energy and resources in, I think is really important. And then going on from that, then letting go, letting go of the shoulds, letting go of the should, I should be on Pinterest, I should be on Clubhouse, I should be doing these things, I should be emailing once a week. Just let that go. And then you will be able to implement um, steps to help you move forward. So I I firstly think that you need to start simple. Just really go back to basics. Think about what you do really well, what lights you up and master that before you move on. And with that, really understand how that connects with the client journey. So the client journey is about... Um, building a relationship with your ideal client and taking them from not knowing anything about you all the way through to becoming a raving fan of yours. So I kind of look at it as going through five different phases. You connect, you subscribe, so they um, get come onto your email list. You get to nurture them with emails and other um, content as well. You convert them and then we go through the onboarding stage where they become a raving fan of yours. So thinking about how you can use your strengths at each of those stages is really important because when we're creating content, we often think is just about our ideal client. You know, it's all about them. It's all about their language. It's all about what they want. It's all about their needs, their desires, the transformations. But sometimes we need to look inwards as well. We need to just take um, take a look inside us and do what's right for us as well because once we start doing all these things, like you know and, and what you teach as well, that you get yourself into a state where you're headed straight for burnout. So really understand that client journey and how you can use your strengths would be my first tip. <laughs> I love that. That is so good. And it's super important. A lot of people do think that they need to be everywhere, but they don't. And one of the things I love to really pull back the curtains for people and say, what if you did one thing really, really well, you know, um, like email marketing, if you get that message right, and then you spend like one platform that's really going to move the needle. So you get to know everything about that platform. Say you want to use Instagram. Well, what can you do on Instagram? What are all the features that Instagram have? Instead of going, oh, Instagram does carousel posts and then TikTok I dance on and then YouTube I have to do a video and then LinkedIn I have to talk like a professional. And, (laughs) you know, I often think what if you just went really hard and then you could, you know, distribute what you've done tweak it and move it on. And I love that you say just really about not only what your customer wants, but also what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want to be doing YouTube videos, then at the end of the day, no matter how many times people say you that tell you that's the only way to grow, you're not going to enjoy it. And eventually you're just going to burn out and you'll hate it. And then you'll resent your business. And then you go in a downhill spiral and you're like, it's all too hard. I give up and I'm not doing this anymore. Only because you chose a platform that you didn't want to be on. So I think exactly what you said, it's about, you know, your ideal customer, where are you going to meet them? Like what, what party do you need to go to to meet that person? Yeah. And then how are you going to engage them and become friends with them and they get to know you? Yeah. I, I just love all those, all those points. It's amazing. 
what else? What else can you share your wisdom? I'm like on the edge of my seat here. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, Liz, you're funny. Okay. So um, once we understand that client journey and using our strengths in that client journey, it's about what type of content do we need to create at each stage of that journey and what type of content works really well um, at each of those stages. So shall I give you a few examples? Yes, please. I love that. This is such okay, a practical um, episode. I'm loving it. <laughs> awesome. So in the connect phase, which is the very first phase of the client journey, we're really getting to know our ideal client. But most importantly, they're getting to know you and they're trying to find those pieces of you that they can identify with. And I just wanted to tell a little story here. I was listening to one of your episodes recently, Liz, and um, you started talking, and I've I've loved listening to all of your episodes <laughs> and you. your guest episodes on other podcasts as well. I, I really love your story, um, and I love your message as well. Obviously, that's kind of like a connection between us. Um, looking at that overwhelm side of things, but in this episode, you spoke about um, you mentioned your daughter and the journey that you were both going on at at that point in time and how important family was to you in running your business. And then I just, I just went, OMG, <laughs> OMG, that is it. That is, that's why I love her. And that's why I feel that connection with her because to me, family is one of my top three values as well. So just by mentioning that in your content, in your podcast, you have created that connection uh, with someone. And I think that other people can really learn from that, that you can give pieces of yourself over on social media or in your um, content, but you don't have to give it all the way. Like you don't have to mention your children's names. You don't have to mention their ages if you don't want to. You don't have to mention anything about your family if you don't really want to. But by just highlighting those pieces of your life that, life that mean a lot to you gives your audience the chance to connect with you. So. Um, that's the first thing that I just wanted to say about that connection piece. But the types of content are obviously those that highlight your values and your beliefs. Um, so you can do that through social media posts. You may want to do um, guest blogging or guest podcasting as well. That obviously increases your um, audience, but also gives, gives you a chance to let people really know about who you are and what you stand for, as well as collaborate with some amazing people. Um, you may want to also turn up in Facebook groups as well in the connection phase phase um, that in doing doing that in an authentic way I should say not just you know dropping sales posts wherever you can in, in Facebook groups and, and running it's making those real connections with other people and commenting and um, giving advice or um, talking about your own personal experiences in a in a particular case so they're the types of things that you can really do in the connection um, phase to make sure that you're providing the right content so that they really do, do, do connect with you and you can move them through that client journey with you. Yeah. Oh, thank you for about that. Um, sometimes and I often say to people like, you never know who is watching. So you could be putting stuff out there for a whole year. So I guess for me, it's been really interesting, even with my transformation and my pivoting over the years, changing my business. And 
we always laugh because we live in a very small town and we also live on the main road and we basically bought the most rundown dump of a house and <laughs> we have been renovating it over the years. And then we'll meet someone down the street and they're like, oh, you're that house that has changed, you know, or you're that house that had put that big shed up. Like, and we're like, what? That has, you know, and it's the same with content. I find that you, if you're authentic and you're true to yourself and you know at the end of the day who you want to serve, like I love working with women, I love business, I've been always wanted to have my own business. And then at the end of the day, if I keep that in mind and then I keep myself authentic and real and honest and, you know, be out there and say, yeah, shit gets hard, you know, like last year things didn't happen that I wanted to, but, you know, here I am getting real and honest. You're right. they Without knowing, you create that connection. And, you know, I didn't know that you had listened to that episode and that it resonated with you because we're the same age. And I think it's really important for people to realize that they don't have to be like that other person they've seen on social media or they don't have to talk like somebody else because it's right or wrong. Um, And I like really resonate with what you've just said. I just love that. And I always say, you never know who is watching they could be with you for 12 months before they are ready to make a purchase. And the more that you, you know, create that connection and put yourself out there and make it an opportunity for them to come somehow come into your world, the, you do get that shift in mindset. And it's not about, oh my God, I have to post on Instagram today. What am I going to talk about? It's like, you know, what do I want to share and what do my people need to hear? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And coming from that different perspective just changes everything for you. It just really does help reduce that overwhelm and um, helps you kind of be more in the flow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're all about being in the flow. If it's not working, it's too hard and we can, yeah, we can get so confused and overwhelmed, especially with big fancy words like strategy. (laughs) So you've really, really broken that down for us today. Thank you so much. And okay. Anything else that you can share wise words of wisdom for us? I'm going to share one more. I'm going to share one more um, tip that will help you overcome that overwhelm and that is to use the power of reimagination so i've coined this word reimagination because my beautiful daughter um who is 13 um is really into disney at the moment she went through her like disney princess phase when she was six seven denounced all things disney would not watch disney would not sing disney songs nothing to do with disney and then when she was about uh, 12 she got back into disney so passionately passionately she actually started her own podcast around disney movies wow. so um yeah so it is you know resurgence of interest in disney has obviously led us to watch a lot of uh, documentaries about disney and so i have learned that disney have this um have any have employees called imagineers and it's their job and this just sounds like the most amazing job ever it's their job to take all of the crazy ideas that people throw at them and see if they can turn them into reality and to take things that are already in existence within the disney parks and change them into something else which i think is so exciting so you know they take existing rides and they remodel them and turn them into something that's maybe more modern as an example. So, um, I really loved that idea of taking something that already exists and then changing it into something else. So, 
by reimagining your content, you are going to really reduce the amount of content that you actually have to create in the first place, but then be able to continue to um, reinforce the same message across your different platforms in lots of different ways, simply by taking your, uh, your core piece of content, so your blog, your podcast, or your video, and then breaking that down into lots of little little pieces of content. So I love the power of reimagination to overcome your overwhelm as well. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Imagine that job. That would be really cool. <laughs> I know, right? Like just imagine just, you know, you you cannot fail. You really cannot fail because you're given these crazy ideas. Some of them will work and some of them won't work. Yeah. And I think one of the ways to do that, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you've gone across this as well, is to step out of um, the noise. And I think a lot of people don't realize that if you're sitting there scrolling all day, you're filling your brain with what should be done and not what you can do. And I find that can be really confusing and overwhelming. And even when I started my photography career, it was about oh, that, t- that person did that, you know, I want to try that. That's the photo shoot I want to do. Oh, their lighting is so much better. Where do I find that lighting? Instead of being inspired and then stepping out and saying, what can I do creative- creatively? Mm-hmm. It's like, you've got to step away sometimes and think, hang on, this is the end result, but how can I get there? How is it my unique messaging? And yeah, re, what was it? Re, re-imagine. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's such a great idea. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. This whole podcast, if anyone could see us, I have just had the biggest smile and I'm nodding and I've got all these notes written down. It's just been so powerful. Everything you have said is just right on what I love to hear. And I love that you've broken it down so well for us. And I've said love a lot of times in this episode (laughs) because it's just so true. It's so wonderful. All right. I'm going to finish it up there because... It's just so much value and I hope people re-listen to this again because you have really given some nuggets of gold. So, thank you so much. Now, most importantly, because I know I'm signing up to everything that you offer because it's just amazing. Where can people connect with you? What have you got going on that people can, um, you know, get into your world and really learn? I love that you're not even just throwing strategies at people. You're really reducing the overwhelm and making it a lot easier for people. So, where can they connect? Where are we going to find you? I would love if they connected with me on Instagram. My handle is at Mill Business. I'm also on Facebook and I do have a um, free download that actually ties in rather nicely to what we've actually been talking about today, Liz, and that's the Unboring Ideal Client Avatar. So, you can really get to know your ideal client at that party and it steps you through that, that process. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to go download that right away. Also, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes. Um, and do you have a... Is it a membership that you have going? I do, yes. Um, so, the content effect is my membership for women with service-based businesses who really want to step out of that content chaos and um, feel more flow and ease with their content strategy. And is that something they can um, access at any time or do you have a launch coming up? How does that work? Okay, I know so everybody is going to be wanting to sign up. You have just given so much information on the outside. I can imagine what's on the inside. Okay. Okay, so um, I open doors a couple of times a year. So if the doors aren't open when you're listening to this episode, you can join the wait list. Um, so it will be around about April that doors will open again. Fantastic. And until then, they can just hang out with you on Instagram and really take all this information. And you also do one on one as well, don't you? 
I do. Yes. Yeah. So people can connect with you on Instagram and reach out if you want Mel to help you through all of this crazy content and simplify it for you. I've had such a great episode. Thank you so much for being here. And um, I can't wait to just be part of your world and keep, keep learning from you. It's incredible. Oh, thank you so much, Liz. And thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and all of your lovely listeners as well. Thanks, Mel. See you soon. Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get these episodes out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.